Before we get into the episode, head on over to RighteousFelon.com for all your favorite beef jerky flavors. I'd recommend starting off with the whole shebang craft jerky gift bundle. The jerky is smoky and savory, spicy and sweet. All of your favorites, all in one variety pack. Use promo code OCSN, all lowercase, to get 15% off at checkout. Don't miss this great opportunity. Go to RighteousFelon.com today. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I am your host, Joey DiMeglio, and the New York Rangers have all but locked up the third seed in the Metropolitan Division. Joining me this week is good old Nick Rose, a.k.a. C-Jets, to talk about Phil Peedle's extension, more on the Rangers, and the New York Mets off to an, uh, a horrible start to their season. But uh, anyways, Nick, what's up, man? Um, I'm excited to talk. Rangers, Mets, well, maybe not so much about the Mets, but I'm excited to talk. You know I love this. Yeah, I know. We put the Mets, the Mets were so bad, they put off their opening day, home opener for tomorrow. That's how bad they were. That's that's how bad it is. Whether whether or not you know it was the weather. No, they just like you know what? Maybe we give this team a minute to rest before we embarrass ourselves on City Field. Yo, Python, Python. Yes, sir, right. Python. Yeah, Rangers are just coming off a a, um, a three-two overtime loss to the St. Louis Blues. They tied that game up with like less with like two minutes to go, um, mm-hmm. forcing OT. DeAndre Miller pinches. And Kasperi Kapanen gets an overtime winner. He should have had a goal before earlier in the game. I don't know if you saw it, but he had a wide open net and he missed. Yeah, Kapanen he strummed it. Yeah, he strummed <laughs> <laughs> I talked all about that last week. About, I, always, I, I had a, uh, an Anaheim Ducks fan on my show last week, and that's all we were talking about. <laughs> Ryan Strom missing the net. Yeah, because he's on the Ducks. Yeah. And Does he miss like, the nets there too? A couple times, not nearly as much, <laughs> not nearly as much as what he did for us last year. Of course, of course, right? Naturally, 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 yeah, yeah. But I mean, Tarasenko had a hell of a game tonight. Uh, two points uh, in his uh, return. Um, I got to text Craig Brewery. I got to ask him like uh, what he thought of the kid line because I have his number. I was texting him the other day. Love that guy. He's, That's uh, so sick. Yeah, I don't know if he's gonna if he's going to stay as the coach of the Blues because they it does look like they're headed in of a different direction they weren't a competitive team this year and he's more of a competitive coach if he does go i don't think i don't think he'll have trouble finding work so i mean Mm -mm. greg ruby um he's a good coach uh but yeah i gotta i gotta reach out to him but the theme of the past couple weeks for the rangers has been the kid line or as uh, Maddie Jack on Twitter likes to call them, uh, the boys to men line. They are absolutely <laughs> scorching planet Earth right now. They are on fire. Unbelievable. All three players are nearing 40 points. Phil Peedle's got 45. He's got a new contract extension. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Lafreniere's got 39. Same thing with Kako. He's got 39. Um, even when with the, the best part about all of this is this is the third line. Yeah. Right. There are yeah. people saying, oh, the kids are doing so well. Let's split them up and help out uh, Zabanajad and Patrick Kane. No. Zabanajad and Patrick Kane have to do their own work. Lafreniere, Heedle, and Kako are doing their own work. They need to stay together because they're going to be a nightmare for opposing teams. Imagine mm-hmm. imagine a team going having going through the struggle of defending against your top line of Kreider, Zabanajad, and then the second line of Panarin and Patrick Kane. 
mm-hmm. or whatever Glant mixes up the lines. However, he he comes up with the, the combination. <laughs> whatever the then, blender produces. <laughs> yeah, the lime blender. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice protein shake there we got going on there. But uh, imagine after dealing with those two guys, you have to rely on your third pair of defenders and your third line to go up mm-hmm. against the Rangers' third line. If I had to take, if I had to choose between the Rangers third line and anybody else's third line and third pair of defenders, oh boy, I'm taking the Rangers all day, every day. Why? It's not even a discussion, man. Not even, not even a little bit. And to your point, like no matter what, no matter what happens, you only have three D pairs. The Rangers have three lines that all contain people who could score on you. No matter what, there's going to be a mismatch multiple times per period. The biggest thing is going to be the Rangers being able to take care of those mismatches. And, I mean, dude, the good old days are right now, and these guys need to take advantage of the blessing they've been given. You literally have Mika Zibanejad, Vladimir Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, the kid line, all on three different lines. We got to put this together. like. I don't know. I don't think, to tell you the truth, I don't think there was a team that was more copper bust in Rangers history than this year. Just like with everything that's happened between, you know, carrying a short roster just to fit in Patrick freaking Kane. I can't, I still can't believe I'm saying Patrick Kane, the New York Rangers. To fit Patrick freaking Kane on the New York Rangers, to have three lines of chaos, Tyler Mott, who in his last two games, you know, if last two games at an 82 game pace, 82 goals, whatever, you know, just Tyler Mott casually carrying the league, whatever. Like the time is now and they have got to put it together, especially with the mismatches that we're going to see in the playoffs. Yeah. The, the boys are cooking. Uh, they are no longer kids. They are Mm-mm. men. A lot of people want to keep that name together. I like the grown up line, the boys, to men line mm-hmm. works, but they <laughs> are absolutely killing it. And if you're a fan of this podcast and you've listened to Every single episode, maybe not every single episode, but have listened to me ramble enough. You know that I constantly, constantly say that the Rangers rebuild is not over until the kids start pulling their own weight. Yes. It didn't happen last year. They had like, what, 20, 30 points this year? Roughly, yeah. It's, it's happened. It has happened. And I hereby declare the New York Rangers rebuild as of 2022 23. <laughs> It is over. It is over. Each of those guys got 40 points. Each of those mm-hmm. guys got 40 points. And, you know, this is like, they're not, it's not just some cute little narrative. No, this is, this is real. Like this mm-hmm. is, teams actually have to worry about playing against these guys because they're physical. Yeah. They're not soft in the, in the slightest. They're constantly creating turnovers and they have all the skill in the world. They're first, first round draft picks, each, each of them. Each, each of them is a first-round draft pick. They have all that talent. And now they injected a physical aspect to each of their games. Heedle, Kako, and Lafreniere. Each of them mm-hmm. are physical. Along the boards, they're all great. Between the dots, they're all good. Off the rush, they're amazing. The neutral zone, I think that is their most underrated aspect. Yes. When they make plays in the neutral zone, when they create turnovers, they create odd man rushes going the other way, and that's where they generate their offense. Then they could set up shop in the offensive zone if they can't get a shot off the rush or if they get something that's stopped by the goalie. That's the key to their success is the neutral zone. And, you know, I have PTSD from when the Tampa Bay Lightning 
played the neutral zone trap against the Rangers in game seven of the 2015 conference finals. I still, to this day, it haunts me. With Hito Kako Lafreniere, they might be able to exploit that. Yes, 100%. And here's here's a fun little stat that I like. Amongst Rangers forwards, the kid line is second, fifth, and sixth, respectively, in takeaways per 60 on, on the team. So they take the puck away. Like they are, they're hard on pucks. They're aggressive as hell. And like you said, they added a physical edge to themselves. Alexi Lafreniere, he's kind of mean. He's kind of freaking mean. Like the reverse hit he threw on Ross Colton last night kind of got me fired up. Like that was freaking mm-hmm. awesome. And I'm also, I'm just not a big Ross Colton guy. So it's kind of fun to see him get planted, but they take care of themselves. They're, they're fast. They skate hard. I mean, you know what? This, I, I wanted to put this out there because I had, I had mentioned this before. If the Rangers learned anything about how to manage young players and, and what works and what doesn't, Philip Heedle needs to be the shining example of what to do with a young player that, that did not figure it out right away. The patience they displayed with this kid paid off in such dividends. He Philip Heedle was, I mean, listen, in his first couple years, he kind of had what we saw from Kako in his first two years. Like, he was out there. The occasional nice play, the occasional two or three game goal scoring streak, and then he's just kind of invisible for a while. Whereas, to tell you the truth, every time Philip Heedle's on the ice, he's doing something that is very noticeable. Whether it's skating a million miles an hour, which is something it looked like he was afraid to do, similar to Kako and Lafreniere in their first couple seasons, to just every time he has the puck, he just he just wants to fly. He wants to embarrass defenders. He wants to snipe. He wants to make nice passes. He just... It's nice to have someone who's puck hungry on the Rangers, and Filipino's displaying that. And I hope it continues to rub off on Kako and Laffy, because if you get three young guys that are playing with speed, skill, are taking the puck off of sticks, and are just running amok in the playoffs, I'd be really scared if I was any team going to face the Rangers. Nick, you bring up a good point about that puck hungry factor mm-hmm. with Heedle. You, you mm-hmm. go back a couple weeks to when the Rangers played the Predators and Heedle scored that really nice goal. It was like his first goal in like yeah. 15 to 20 games or something mm-hmm. like that. He was he, he was hungry that yeah. game. Like and ever since then, it is rubbed off on Kako and Lafreniere. Like mm-hmm. they had long goal scoring droughts too. Now mm-hmm. look at Kako. He had goals in like three consecutive games <laughs> yeah. and points in like five of like the last eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and another thing that I, I really, really like is that in last night's game, uh, this is we're recording this Thursday. So Wednesday night's game against Tampa Bay, the Rangers go up three nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. And the next shift, the kids are back in there in the offensive zone, yep. back in the offensive zone cycling mm-hmm. in the first period. That was a yep. great first period by the Rangers, but. The kid line put on a show that period. That was like unbelievable, unbelievable. So uh, fun to watch, man. It, it makes you feel happy, especially because, and this is not a knock on Lafayette Kako, but they were just, they were at times, they looked afraid to be near the puck during their early years. And now, man, whenever the puck is on their stick, it's not dump it in, get off the ice, don't make a mistake. It's, it's, I'm going to make a freaking play and I dare you to try and stop me. And I yeah, love some, that. Somebody in the, in, in the organization had to have done something right mm-hmm. in the past, in the past, within the past year to make this, this change, whether 100%. it's, whether it's Gallant scratching Kako in game six, which mm-hmm. no, I disagreed with. And it might've had a great effect because Kako has played great all year. Now he's putting the points on the board, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> whether it's scratching Lafreniere, <laughs> um, in the uh, at, around the new year, uh, mm-hmm. the trade rumors started. Bay. The trade rumors started. 
mm-hmm. whatever it is, got to give credit to the Rangers organization. I know, I know, I know people have, have clamored and said that, you know, the Rangers can't develop a forward prospect to save their lives. They have three. Actually, mm-hmm. they have five on mm-hmm. this roster. And you're like, five? Well, who, who could you possibly be talking about? Don't forget, Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider came up in 2012, bounced up and down in 2013, bounced up and down in 2014. They kept him. They let him ride, and here he is, man. Um, also, Mika Zibanejad, not a 1C. Not a 1C. Yeah, please. You tell me. This please. guy, he is underrated. He's still He's underrated. So I don't care. Good. I He's think so I think a lot of people sleep on him because the, all the hype is around Crosby and McDavid and McKinnon, rightfully so. But Zabanajad is 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 underrated in my opinion. He's, he I agree a million been, percent. Like a million point percent. a game, a point a game player over the past like three seasons, right? Well, mm-hmm. maybe not the COVID. So there's COVID year, the uh, the 56 game one, but he still managed to put together 20 goals, and he that wasn't even his best season. He still managed to do that when he had, like, of the the most horrible start to, like, that campaign. You know, Zibanejad is putting it all together. He came to the Rangers as a 23-year-old. We didn't no. know if he was going to develop. We, we came with the hope of him developing. Mm-hmm. He has put it together nicely. So I think it's time we got to – we have to move away from that narrative a little bit. We could revisit it when guys like Offman come up when guys like Brett Berard or Trevino or uh, Adam Sikora or Bryce McConnell Barker come up, we could we could reassess that. Yeah, but as of right now, the Rangers are in a good spot with how they develop their forwards. And, you know, to top it all off, Filipino gets a nice contract extension. Four years at $4.4375 million, to be precise. That's nice a little nice, bag. Would you consider that a bridge deal? or? No, I, I, I think it is – Almost, and I, I texted you about this. This is like almost a a replica of the. I'm trying to pull up the numbers now, so I could so I can get the uh, the cap percentage. Um, but a replica of the Chris Kreider contract that we saw when he came off of his first yes, bridge deal. It was a four year deal. Um, I'll tell you. I think the Kreider was four point six two five. I'll pull them both up right now, so we can see. And I, dude, I think it works perfect because Kreider and uh, and Hedl were in similar situations. You know, a, a solid, you know, bounce between the minors and NHL for a couple of years. A really solid year coming out of his bridge deal. And he gets his four-year deal, and then he gets a bigger deal after that. Mm-hmm. So Chris Kreider, um, on his third contract coming off a bridge deal that was almost identical to Philip Heedle's, was 6.34% of the cap at the time at 4.625. And Philip Heedle's contract coming off of a bridge deal has a cap hit of 5.38%, so actually less than Kreider at a 4.4375 cap hit. So even a, a better bargain than what the Rangers got for Chris Kreider. And Philip Heedle at this stage is producing more or produced more than Kreider did before he got his four-year deal. Mm-hmm. And if I had to speculate, I'd have to say that, you know, this is a call by Chris Drury in the middle of his hot streak saying, listen, mm-hmm. Bill... You're playing really well. We want to keep you around. How about this contract extension? No negotiation. Mm-hmm. Just plop the contract on the table, and Hedl's like, "Hell yeah, I want to stay here." And he <laughs> signed it. That's because if it if it if it wasn't, that means there was negotiation. 
This right. is quick. Right. None of us knew about this. No one reported mm-hmm. beforehand. I know the Rangers keep stuff close to the vest, but at some point, like right before the thing happens, they will leak it. This did yes. not happen. It was just plop right on the table. Filipino. Same as the Tar- Same as the Tarasenko trade. It just happened. And I, I, I'm not even sure you can call Chris Drury impulsive. I just think he's so calculated. I think he goes over these moves for weeks and weeks killer. at a time. Yes. And then just, like you said, just boop, here you go. I mean, dude, you got to think about it from Philip Pito's perspective. You know, 23 years old, like, okay, here's just under $20 million. Do you want it? Yes, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't really think you need to negotiate. Almost 20 sheets is, is 20 sheets. Right. I'll take it. Everything is better when you're winning. Right. So yes. if yes. the Rangers can have a very good playoff run, doesn't have to be necessarily have to be a Stanley Cup final victory. But mm-hmm. if they make an, a return to the conference finals and let's say they don't make it to the finals. Right. Mm-hmm. Then Lafreniere, you use that same logic with like Lafreniere and Keandre Miller. Those mm-hmm. guys are going to be hyped to come back. They want to yes. you bring it back to like what Adam Fox said at the beginning of the year, like. He was interviewed and asked, like, okay, how did it feel starting the season? It's like, you know, it's cool and all, but, like, we want to start back in the playoffs. Like, we want to pick up where we left off. And it doesn't work like that. You have to start from game one, go all the way through 82, and then pick up in the playoffs. I I very much understand that point because of my my Taekwondo background. But I will not discuss that. We'll leave that for another day. But, you know, (laughs) we could really take advantage of 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 that concept of, you know, Every, everything is going well. You know, the team chemistry is is incredible. The bonding is is through the roof. Um, everybody loves it there. So, mm-hmm. you know, you offer these guys um, a, a size, a good amount of money, not like like overpaying them, right? You could save mm-hmm. a, a few. You could save a couple million dollars here and there, right? It, across like uh, Lafreniere and Miller. Now, we were mm-hmm. thinking, what was the what was our prediction for Hedl? Do you remember? I think, I think we were we kind of speculated a different uh, a multitude of deals. I I stayed pretty true to the Kreider deal, but I think you and I said, do you take the risk and try to sign Heedle? God, was it a seven or eight year extension? Do you give him upwards of five and a half, six million, and hope that he's worth it? Yeah, we I, compar- I think it was you and I that talked about yeah, that. We were comparing it to I think the um, the. Uh, the Roslovic contract because I think he just got five yes. years. Some something along those lines, or or modeled after um, uh, uh who was the GM? Uh, John Chaka when he was just going on a rampage. Oh yeah, all these young guys in Arizona. Yeah, like Kraus, um, Christian Fisher, and all them, where he was like, okay, yeah. they had one good year. Let's try to sign them long term now and hope they turn into bargains. Which. Mm-hmm. That's a little like that's kind of risky with role players. I think for guys that you know are a big piece of your team, okay. But he was doing that with role players. But Philip Heedle, dude, twenty three years old, you know, twenty goal season. He's kind of you know his trajectory is not is not too dissimilar to Mika Zibanejad. You know, twenty three years old, twenty goal scorer. The only difference is instead of trading him mm-hmm. for a guy that was you know close to thirty years old on a. Yep older contract and basically bribing a team to take him. We're going to hold on to our guy and hope he turns into, well, the next Mika Zibanejad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you say that because Heedle was told by Gallant last year. Remember when he was told uh, <laughs> to, to play like Mika Zibanejad? I, I mean, oh, no it's worse. It's worse. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. not exact. He's c- kind of different. Like I, he is. I like his, 
I like he's more of a shoot. I I I think Hedo likes to take the shot more than Banachet. The Banachet likes yes. to defer a little bit, but mm. Banachet should trust the shot. Zibanejad is more of like he's got a really good hockey IQ, and I'm not saying Hedl doesn't, but Hedl's offense is just is just chaos, speed, and skill. Like yeah. he just wants to skate forward, and if it works, it works. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's putting it all he's putting it all together. I'm trying to put put up. Uh, I was talking to Stat Boy Steven about it, like with the uh, with the uh, with the the Hedl uh, comparables would be. I forget where where I had it. It was it was in here somewhere in my in my conversation with him. Uh, but <clears throat> yeah, good extension for for Hedl. I haven't I haven't taken a look at the cap the the situation for next year, but I think the Rangers might have saved a little bit of money for for Keandre Miller and, and Lafreniere. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if they'll be able to keep those guys and then maybe make a push for like uh, Tarasenko and, and or Kane. They Definitely have to trade like Barkley Goodrow, but right. Um, well, dude, um, we don't really know because I saw something the other day that the Rangers could do. Well, I'll pull a Tampa Bay Lightning. If Patrick Kane really is going to get hip surgery in the offseason, it's going to be out a while. You sign him to whatever he wants. I mean, yeah, whatever he wants. You sign him to a decent deal. You LTIR him, insurance pays him, and then you don't reactivate him until the cap works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Uh, thing I think people if were trying works. to do that for, for Lindgren, but yep. I mean, the moment hey, is gone now. The if, moment if is gone works. now. <laughs> Dude, it could. I mean, could you imagine if they find a way to bring back Tarasenko and Kane and not really hurt the roster, man? Oh my god! Like but, I said, though, every everything's better when you're winning, so yes. they might take less money. Exactly, <laughs> and you know what, too. I I know people are saying it's more likely if they don't win that they'll resign. To tell you the truth, I don't think the likelihood of them winning or losing changes. I'm sorry. I don't think the likelihood of them staying depends on them winning or losing. To tell you the truth, you know, every time Kane or Tarasenko is interviewed or they're talking or see them interacting with the team, they're smiling and having the time of their lives. If they're happy where they are, I mean, we're talking about guys that have made tens of, for Kane, hundred over $100 million. But a guy like Tarasenko has made, I think, $70 million plus in his career. Yeah, they might take a discount to be where they're happy, where their friends are, and where they're just enjoying life. I mean, New York City is beautiful, and if you're a multimillionaire, it's even more beautiful because you can enjoy it more than the nine to five. Person. Yeah, K- Kane for sure has has earned all of the money that he wants. So yes. like he could just cruise to the finish line. But oh, Tarasenko, yeah. he's got like the rest of his career in front of him. He's a bit younger than, than right than Kane. So if I can understand some, yeah. if he wants to to leave. Um, but he, I did, I do know that like his, his family is like, just kind of settled into New York, like mm-hmm. or Cogliano was talking about in his podcast. So, right. you know, that's got to weigh in on that. Like, does he want to, as soon as he gets settled in, does he want to jump ship and move somewhere else? Or... Exactly. And he's got young kids, right? He's got, he, I, I would assume so. Yeah. He has to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. It might be good. I settle in New York a little bit. Oh, my friend Panarin's here. She's here. A couple of Russians here. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll stay for cheap. Why not? I like it here, dude. It would be so awesome. And hey, that screams. That screams a good culture. If you can get guys that could make a ton of money on the open market, stay there for cheap. It screams you've got a good locker room. Because if you had a bad lock, you could win all you want. If you have a bad locker room and guys don't want to be there, they'll just get the bag elsewhere. 
I thank Ryan Reeves for that, honestly. Yeah, like, he I agree. built that. He from from the, the the day that he stepped foot in the Rangers like practice facility, mm-hmm. it was all about family and togetherness yep. and camaraderie. <clears throat> exactly. It exactly. Worked, you know, it was sad that the Rangers traded him, but he did his job. Look at how the Rangers played against the Lightning last night. Come mm-hmm. on. They yeah. stood up for each and every single one of their players on that yep. team. As oh soon as Kalorn did that dirty, dirty uh, spear on, on Chesterkin, mm-hmm. you know who's in there? Lindgren's in there. Yep. Fox is in there. Even mm-hmm. Panarin and Tarasenko are, are grabbing somebody. Dude, Panarin laid body last night. Who did he lay out last night? He stood know. someone up in the defensive zone when they were skating in on him. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, I kind of remember somebody. the hit. I don't know who he hit, though. Uh-huh. Like, Put someone on their butt. I forget who, though. I, have, I I don't know, but Ben Harper, man, that guy's got some heart. He's got a big heart. That guy, oh man, man. that was awesome. How he, funny was it, man? He was bouncing rights off of Corey Perry's head. I mean, how can you not appreciate that? That first fight, I was trying to figure out what the hell he was trying to say to Maroon. Like, he was oh, talking yeah. to him. He mm-hmm. was saying something to him during the fight as he's, like, clocking him in the face yeah. with, right, with his right fist, like, I'm gonna punch you. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right, right, right. And then oh, Perry at the end of the, it's like, come on, I want you to hit me. I want you to hit me. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was just begging him, dude. I love that man. How awesome would it be if the Rangers Lightning face off in the conference finals again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no, possible. Great game, great game last night. Like, dude, I know I wanted it. I wanted it to be an easy victory, but of course it's Tampa Bay. It's not going to be. It was worth the price of admission. A much. More entertaining than the Rangers game tonight. Oh, there was a snooze fest. But you know, I mean it happened so many so many back to backs this year. I mean it you could tell they're tired and I think they're really like you said in your tweet earlier, the pl- the playoffs are all but set at this point. Just just ride it out, stay healthy and get ready for the playoffs, man, because the Devils are not going. The Devils are not going to be an easy opponent. I know. I know that we all have the all the confidence world that we're going to beat them. I am very much of the belief that number one, you do not want to pick your opponent, and number two, you never. I don't care who they are or who you are. Never, ever, ever, ever underestimate your opponent. I don't care who mm-hmm. the hell they are. If the Columbus Blue Jackets can sweep the President's Trophy record-setting Tampa Bay Lightning, then you could lose to a team that finished above you in the standings. I'm sorry. It's just. It's, it's all about that start to the game in game one. As soon as that puck drops, no matter who the opponent is, play your game. Yes, 100%. Don't play down, play your game. You know what exactly. I mean? It's got like, winners on this team, man. Got We have cup winners now. We have elite talent. We should be able to beat them handily. Right. Like, doesn't matter. Devils or Hurricanes. Let's go back to the play-in series, right? Mm-hmm. The Rangers went like 5-0 and or something against the Hurricanes that year during the regular season. They whooped their asses. Yeah. Whooped their asses. As soon as the puck dropped in game one of that playoff series, that playing series, holy crap, the Hurricanes yeah. really, really handed it to the Rangers. They exactly. destroyed them. Offensively, defensively, they had the better goalies. Mm-hmm. They used two goaltenders, and they were both better than than Lundqvist and Chesterkin. So, exactly. Never pick your opponent. Never. It's, it's bad luck, man. Bad luck. So the, the Devils could – it could be that same situation – the devil's perspective they could like say all right let's play the rangers they're soft team let's play that right exactly rangers could be like no no no, that's not how this Mm -hmm. works we went to the conference finals last year you guys got to earn your way there so 100 percent oh 100 it's you versus us like you have to beat us not we have to beat you 
That's exactly. what the Rangers mentality's got to be. And don't mm-hmm. back down from anybody. No. no. I, that's actually I like the way you said that too because you're almost taking the pressure off yourself with that mindset. Like you have to beat me. That way you feel like you're in control and you mm-hmm. just run shit. I mean, Obviously, listen. To, yeah. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Nah. Yeah. Nah, your your podcast. You go. Yeah. Take. You can't take it for granted. Like you no. just can't take it for granted though. Hell no. And dude, when you got Patrick Kane bombing up the wing, like playoff Patrick Kane bombing up the wing, or oh well, Patrick Kane's not having a good game. Well, Tarasenko is gonna just snipe one, or oh, the here comes the kid line. Oh, here comes Mika Zibanejad. Oh, look, Chris Kreider and his big ass is planted in front of the net. That's not enough. Okay, well, here's Adam Fox making a breakout pass. Here's Igor Shosturkin making a breakout pass. Oh, Jacob Trouba just buried your guy in the corner. Keandre Miller skating coast to coast. There is just so many scary options on the Rangers. There's no reason that they should not have the mindset that you just laid out, and I love the way you put it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I don't know about Kane flying down the wing with that hip of his. It's lower body injuries. He's. <clears throat> we could assume that it's uh we could assume that it's his yeah. hip that's bothering him. It is. I have but, a solution for him. He's Panarin and Tarasenko on the team. A little bit of Russian gas. Yeah, just <laughs> they gotta give they gotta give him whatever they gave Mahomes in the second yeah. half of uh, of the during halftime at the yeah. Super Bowl. Whatever whatever medication they yeah. gave him, give it to Kane. <laughs> just have it on the bench ready for him. Yeah, for real. I don't. I have no idea what what it was, but. It was. It had to be something because the guy could barely move, and he came out, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm good." I'm like good. a bat out of hell. Oh, I'm ready yeah. for it. Yeah, Kane's got it. If I were Gerard Glant, I would just not even play him the rest of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Just hold him out. That's I agree. It. No point. No, no point risking it. Like Kane, just skate on your own. That's it. You mm-hmm. don't need to get into the game. I don't exactly. need. I don't need. Uh, we put who. We playing Buffalo, right? We're playing Buffalo. Um Columbus, and, Buffalo, and Yeah, I don't need one of their goons or whatever, uh laying out uh Patrick Kane for whatever reason. I don't need that. No. You no. Know? Columbus, so, Buffalo. In the Maple Oh, we only have three games left. Yeah, yep. Toronto. Damn. We're really yeah. the last game. Three games set them. That last game, that last game might just be like uh, you know, like a curling match. If if even that, dude. I mean, that is going to be both teams resting pretty much their entire roster. It's going to be like it's going to be like the final preseason game. Like you're going to see the Toronto guys. Marlies versus the Hartford Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except the Rangers don't have enough cap space to call up players. Right. <laughs> dude, hey, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a Gord Murphy and all them just just right. suiting up the coaches on the ice. Ben, ben Harper playing forward defense and goaltender. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I heard they're calling up Mackenzie Skapsky. He's he's playing in that. He's the, he's the he was good. Skapsky was good. Like he played like four games. He was great. Shut out in his second career game against Buffalo. And my yeah. co-host, my old co-host, used to talk about that all the time. He loved Skapsky. Skapsky. Yeah, <laughs> Mackenzie Skapsky, dude. I think oh, I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stray off because I did this with Python. We made the mistake of bringing up uh, of just random players, and it lasted for like an hour just naming <laughs> random people. But um, Mackenzie Skapsky, I think, finished his career, professional hockey career, playing Canadian college hockey. What? I think that was – dude, hold on. I'll tell you right now. It was something so bizarre. I, I don't mean to go on a weird uh, segue. Hold on. Now it's not – of course, hockey DB doesn't – here it goes. Yeah, Mackenzie Skapsky – 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, oh, no, I'm a liar. I was thinking of somebody else. No, he finished his career. He went from he went from the WHL to the coast, the AHL, two NHL games, one being a shutout, a 978 career save percentage yeah. in those two games to Hartford, the coast, the very same year, to a different coast team, to the Slovak League, to retirement. I got to get him on the podcast. That'd be hilarious. Dude, he was a funny freaking guy in the interview after that shutout. Like, he seems like an awesome dude. 44 out of 45 shots he stopped. He's only allowed one goal in his NHL career. That is insane. Hey, put That's his jersey awesome. in the rafters. Best save percentage in Rangers history. Put him in the right. rafters. For real. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, like two games played. That's not even like I had Jamie McLennan on. He played four games for the Rangers. You know, Jamie McLennan, oh. he's an analyst for TSN. Yes, 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 yes. On NHL Network, I was like, "Oh yeah, we have a former Ranger who had a brief <laughs> tenure with uh, with the team," and he's like, "Oh yeah, I love how you said a uh, brief tenure. What was it like? Uh, three games, four games?" <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I yeah. love it. Yeah, McLennan was great. I gotta, I gotta find the Scapsy. I'm making moves, man. I'm making moves. Ice Cold Takes listeners. I just reached out to Dave Jackson today, the the ref oh for ESPN, God. and he oh responded my. immediately. We're gonna get him on soon. So, dude, uh, that's so freaking awesome. We're on the, the Cali watch is on day 22. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running out of memes. I'm running out of stuff to, to Photoshop. Uh, I'm, I'm learning how to do stuff, you know, like constantly right, right. trying to, to educate myself on how to, how to be a better, uh, like a, a graphic designer just so right, I can right. get the guy on the show. <laughs> well, dude, anything you do is going to be better than me. I, Whenever I have to edit videos, I literally use Windows Movie Maker. So it doesn't get any lower than that. When I make my clips, I use like the U-Cut app on my phone. It's just, I just cut. Oh, Q-Cut, uh, Q-Cut? U-Cut. Uh, oh, U-Cut. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I just need the, just to cut stuff and, you know, you know, make it transition nicer to the other, you know? Just as long as this the recording is stable and stuff like that, you know? Do you want to know what I used to make my my uh my thumbnails? I just I used I used the cutout tool on Snapchat and, <laughs> and save it. <laughs> That's great. I used to make memes like that long Dude. time ago. <laughs> I once oh, made. Uh, you remember? You remember? Um, Danny Heatley, the All Star, like the um. The yeah, the effing All Star. Effing All Star, man. <laughs> like the twenty questions interview, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I think I want to trade out of Ottawa. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Chad in score had like a hat trick in Ottawa, and uh-huh. after that game, I like I took a, a a screenshot of the Heatley interview, and I like I like uh, use a Snapchat cutout thing of Zabanajad's uh-huh. face. Uh-huh. Uh, after he scored that crazy tic-tac-toe goal with Buchnevich and Panarin. Yes, dude. Yes. That that face. And I, yes. put it, I <laughs> dropped it over over Eatley. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about tonight's game? Like, I uh, pretend that I want to trade back to Ottawa. <laughs> Tic- 
<laughs> so Ben and Jed is like Keatley reincarnated, just a, Dude, a much yeah. better person. <laughs> Significantly better person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danny Heatley, the all-star. Man, what <laughs> a nickname. I love I love that, man. What but, a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for real, like Zaban Jed, since he's come over, he's just been great. Thank you so much, Ottawa. I really appreciate Seriously, it. Seriously, good I looking out. It. Yeah. Um, whoever whoever thought Broussard and Broussard in the seventh round pick for Zabanjad in the second was a good idea. Oh my god. Thank I, you. Dude, I, who was the GM of Ottawa back then? Who, who there's Pierre no way Dorian? He... Was it Pierre Dorian? Oh my god. <laughs> Ottawa Senators GM. Almighty. And I, mean, I still think it's good been... now. I like yeah. the build now. But, yeah, I mean, but like, dude, like, how lucky did they get? The only reason they're good now is because that freaking fourth overall pick. Who'd they get it from? Brady is Kachuk. It... Oh wait, yeah, that's from Colorado. Bone Byram. Oh wait, no, 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 no. Yes, it was Brady Kachuk. Yes, 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 dude. They, like, oh my god, they got so freaking lucky. I'm, I'm sorry. And I... and then they got the pick from San Jose that turned into a blunder pick, and that ended up being a high pick. So they made up for the pick they lost out when they acquired Duchesne. Yeah, I think that was a good very lucky. They got very lucky. Yeah, they were they did the reverse of like acquiring a guy and getting worse with Eric Carlson going to San Jose. Yeah, so like the year the year in 2019, Ottawa should have they were like the worst team. Yeah, right? and they, they should have had pick. they should have had that first overall pick, but they dropped yeah. in the lottery. Yeah, so that was a good move that they that they held on to the previous year's pick because they got mm-hmm. they basically in comparison. Bone Byram's a scrub compared to Brady Kachuk. I'm oh, sorry, man. Yeah. Oh, that's a damn dude. Could I still I still think back to that? Imagine if Colorado had that pick and it turned into freaking Jack Hughes and they had Hughes and McKinnon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh that would be chaotic, bro. <laughs> would have been insane. You would Pen- never lose. Gary Pemmon would have to intervene. That's too much awesome. Man. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. There was no way they were winning that draft lottery. He was there was a reason they dropped back three spots. Like Yeah. I think, okay, the GM for the Ottawa Senators up until April 10th, 2016 was Brian Murray. Oh, my God. From that day forward, it was Pierre Dorian. So when did the Zibanejad trade happen? That happened, I think it was that summer. So So that must have been his first move. Must have been Pierre Dorian's first move. When did he get traded to the Rangers? July 18th, 2016. Yeah, yeah. That's Pierre Dorian. <laughs> Thank you, Pierre Dorian, for trading Zibanejad to the Rangers. Dude, imagine like that was oh, – hold on. I'll tell you right now. If you go on NHLTradeTracker.com, you could sort uh, trades by GM. Dude, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, no. His first ever trade was trading back, trading up from 12 to 11 to draft Logan Brown. All right, yes, yeah, sick move. And then – It was on the Blues right now, actually. <laughs> yes. So it was his third ever trade as GM out of the Ottawa Senators. Yikes. Yikes. Hey, but his fourth trade wasn't too bad. He got Mike Condon. Sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> Remember, um, oh my gosh, who was Andrew Hammond? The Hamburglar. The Hamburglar. He was that, part of the Duchesne trade. That 14-15, uh, Ottawa Senators team was interesting because it didn't look like they were going to make the playoffs at all. And then they just went on a run, a yeah, run dude. with with a young Mark Stone and a young Mike yep. Hoffman. That was before, like, the uh, the uh, incident 
right? With Hoffman and like Eric and Carlson's wife. Uh, yeah, yeah. Between the wives, yes, yes. Yeah, the wives or whatever. That yeah. was so awkward. Yeah. Oh, that, that was, was the beginning of the end there. And I think in like like when they had Duchesne, there was like an incident with the taxi cab drivers. Yes, like you that. remember that? <laughs> they were ripping the Vaguely. coach. Yeah. Vi- yes. 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 That's what it was. That I'm was looking so at real. these trades now. Yeah, first round pick. They traded, they traded up for Logan Brown, and then mm. that this is a meaningless trade. Michael McLeod. I mean, he's not yeah. a guy that's really developed. He struggled yeah. to develop, mm-hmm. and then uh, chase on for seal off. Yep. And then, Ooh. yeah, trader. And then Broussard for his bench. Yep. Thank you very how, much. How cool is that website, huh? Trade Tracker. This Every is trade awesome. Oh, that's, this what, is that's what I use awesome. for my historical rep. Like whenever I make those videos, when I do the historical trade references, that's what I use to find all those trades. You can look up by player, you by just GM. remember which player it was and right. then you, to, to base it. And then you're like, oh, wait, what was he traded for? And then you go back and you find it. It's yeah. more, it's more, it's more reliable than hockey DB, but sometimes you got to use, so you use DB to find the player to get a stat comparison. And then you use trade tracker to, yeah. then you can see who was drafted because they cover mm-hmm. the picks pretty well. No, like it works the, the way GMs work, hockey GMs work and the way Twitter GMs work is so different. It's like unbelievable. It's, it's so like, bad, bad. oh my God. Like, I can't believe I'm being sarcastic here, but like they, they judge the, the the player evaluations are so much different. Dude. On Twitter, Sammy Blay is a AHL fourth liner. Yeah. In hockey world, Sammy Blay is a potential second or third liner to NHL GM. Well, and he was yeah. the centerpiece of the Tarasenko trade. I'm sorry, that's how it is. Like, and now he, he looks like he he looks like he's a second or a third liner. He yes. could possibly. On that team, mm-hmm. he looks like he could be a second or a third line. Yeah. So it's worked out for that. Well, dude, how about all the people that were convinced that the Blackhawks were going to get Zach Jones and a first-round pick for Patrick Kane or earlier? Oh, yeah, we're going to get Laffey and a first-round pick. Like, it, dude, it's why I, whenever people just make these idiotic trade proposals on Twitter, you just ignore them. <laughs> the NHL is it, it is a league of dinosaurs. It is creatures of habit. It will never, tra- it will never ever tra- change. If you want to know what a player is going to be traded for, you literally just look for a player that was similar to them in a similar situation that got traded, and I promise you, you will find what the hell they got traded for. It is not that difficult. Like everyone, like, oh yeah, we trade Eichel the Rangers. Yeah, we'll take uh Kako Laffy a first, Nils Lundqvist, and we'll probably take Heedle too. Meanwhile, he got traded for Peyton Krebs, a B prospect, a second line winger at the time in Alex Tuck, a first round pick, and a second round pick. And in order to make the trade go through, I believe they sent a third round pick with Eichel to make the trade go through. So what does that tell you? No, they didn't get an arm, a leg, and part of your skull for Jack Eichel. No, they got what players historically in his situation have gotten. I rest my case. Yes, exactly, exactly. And the same thing goes with moving bad contracts. Like, yes, you may look at it on Twitter as like, oh, Patrick Nemeth, how could the Rangers ever remove that? Use your, your logic to the advantage of other NHL GMs. They're dinosaurs. They exactly. look at Patrick Nemeth. Big guy, big body, defensive, yep. block shots, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. We'll take him. Yeah, em. we'll take him. Yeah. <laughs> Boys club. Yeah. Send him here. Send him here. Yeah. We need we need another big guy that literally cannot skate. Please send him our way. Sparkly Goodrow. 
$3.6 million. No problem. He can center. <laughs> he can play the wing. He can play first line, second line, third line, fourth line. He kills penalties. He's yeah. a Jeep. He does everything. Oh, yeah, I'll take <laughs> He's him. He's a Jeep. Oh, yeah, I'll take him. That's what John Cooper called him. I oh, love yeah, I'll it. take It's like, how could you possibly move Barkley Goodrow's contract? Right. It's like, oh, my God. I don't care if there's a modified no-trade clause and you could buy out the last two years. It's a terrible contract. You're sitting no, it's watch. not. To, uh, to you, it's a terrible contract. To other NHL GMs, that's Barkley freaking Goodrow. That's a great player. They spend yeah. like $7 million on these guys in free agency yearly. Yes. Remember David Clarkson? Oh Nathan my Horton, God! They threw money at them. <laughs> Elon Lucic. They throw money yep. at these guys constantly. Yes. Andrew Ladd. The the list goes on. NHL GMs Louis are Erickson. stupid. <laughs> They're awful. Louis they Erickson. Louis awful. Erickson. Oh my gosh, that guy. Louis was Louis. Lost the whole time. Like he went from thirty goals to like 30, 30 seconds on the ice. Like, yeah, like <laughs> that guy Dude. fell off a cliff. Eighteen miller over the cliff, man. And it will never, ever, ever change, dude. You want the best example of all time of why it won't ch- why it won't change? The Toronto Maple Leafs got assets from the Ottawa Senators for Dion King Fanuf. <laughs> all right, yeah. it will never change. It never will. The that boys was, will never change. That one was a, a really really crazy trade. There was like nine player, ten player deer. deer. Yeah. It was the dumbest thing ever. And it, it guess what? It really didn't work out for either side. It was just but a it salary still happened. swap. Yeah. Because you remember the, the you know who the Leafs got back in that deal? Was it McCulloch? Milan McCulloch. Yeah, <laughs> they got McCulloch. like his contract because he couldn't he couldn't play anymore. Yes. Like that. Him and Joffrey Loophole Loophole stayed on LTIR <laughs> the rest of their careers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember when Lupul he posted the picture of him on Instagram like surfing, like completely healthy, and he and someone commented, I thought you were hurt. He goes, No, I'm fine. They're just not playing me or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember that. No, I uh, wasn't dude, that. It's all over I was, Twitter. I gotta I wasn't on Twitter back then. That was when I was oh, in high school. That was, was I gotta go do some investigative work there. Dude, just, but, look yeah. up, just look up Joffrey Lupul Instagram surfing or something like that. It'll pop up. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely will, but like the NHL GMs, that's how they that's how they work. And Chris Drury is one of the smart ones, so he's he'll yes. be able to exploit that. Yes. So I'm not advocating for a Barkley Goodrow trade. I'm not saying that's gonna happen. I'm just saying if the Rangers mm. need to move salary, mm. it's not impossible to make uh, make a move like that. No. If Chris Drury wanted to trade Jacob Trubo, he could trade Jacob Trubo. There's no yeah. problem with that. Mm-hmm. He's not going to. And I don't want the Rangers to trade Jacob Trubo. Mm-hmm. I came into this season. Kind of on the side of, you know, I think the Rangers should move on from Truba yes. so that they could get, use the cap space to mm-hmm. re-sign their core, right? Yes. yes. Truba has completely changed my opinion on him, and I don't mm-hmm. want him to leave anytime soon. I, dude, I agree. I was the biggest advocator, I think, in history of trading Jacob Truba. I was so done with him. But for some reason, they put the C on him, and all those things that I specifically myself complain about, Almost went away. The biggest thing with Jacob Truba, his biggest struggle, and it's still a struggle, but he's gotten better at it. I'm going to tell you how he got better at it, is his foot speed. He is slow as molasses, but the way he's mitigated that is his gap control. He used to get beat to the outside so often, it was it was like watching a ringer especially, in beer league especially this year. ring around defenseman. He is gapping players so well, keeping them to the outside, forcing them, getting a hand, a body, a stick on them, and stopping them from just 
zipping around him. It, it's like a complete 180 to the Jacob Trouba that we saw in the mm-hmm. first half of his contract. He's done nothing but impress me, and I am very happy to sit here, stood corrected, that he turned out well enough to the point where I am actually against trading the man because I wanted mm-hmm. him nothing but gone six months ago. I think he's progressively gotten better as the season yes. has gone on. The first mm-hmm. 15 games are such a roller coaster for him. Yes. First yes. 30 games up until he tossed his helmet. Yes. The helmet roller off. coaster. That yeah. trademark. That Go down like, Rangers I was two minutes away from saying the Rangers were without a leader and mm-hmm. a true leader in their in their locker room. Mm-hmm. And Truba actually proved me wrong. And, Dude, I agree. And I was like, okay, damn. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, this guy's rock. Yeah. This guy rocks. Dude. Um, and the rest is history. Rangers went on like a, a tear for they've been one of the best teams since December. Mm-hmm. Scoring goals, preventing goals. Obviously, we have our cold game every now and again. We go on a bit of a stretch, but dude, they've been amazing. They've been elite since then. Absolutely elite. Actually, going on the a topic of cap casualties, not to stray too far off, but I think if there was going to be a big cap casualty this summer, a guy that could be moved is the guy we talked about earlier as a cap comparable. I wonder if Chris Kreider is someone mm-hmm. the Rangers look to move. I know. I Listen, I know. I know. But with a cap hit of $6.5 million, if guys like Tarasenko and Kane both stay, is there a spot for Chris Kreider and his $6.5 million cap hit? I know how valuable he is and how valuable he's been. But is $6.5 million and Chris Kreider replaceable or not? Mm-hmm. I think the human being I don't think is easy to replace. The player is easy to replace, but I think, and that you could say the same about Barkley Goudreau, it's replacing the human being is kind of tough. <laughs> replacing a leader and a guy that when he's hot, he is hot. But when mm-hmm. he's cold, he's really cold. So I don't know. It's a tough conversation. I'm glad we don't have to have that conversation. Hopefully not for yeah. a long time. Yeah, Hopefully not for a long time, but – I do wonder if you know maybe uh, maybe Chris Drury is uh, is maybe thinking five head here, and we're all thinking Barkley Goodrow, and he might be thinking Chris Kreider. I don't, I don't know. Take your own advice, man. Mm. These are the these these are the good old days. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. I agree. Let's let's enjoy it while while we're here. You know. Yes. (laughs) Anyways, uh, moving on to baseball. The New the York Mets had an interesting start to the season, man. Um, against it. the Miami Marlins, they win that series, and then they go into Milwaukee, and they get their asses handed to them, man. Like, I never seen that happen. Max Scherzer got, got lit the hell up, man. Like, I couldn't believe that. Uh, the bats went completely silent. They went AWOL. AWOL. And, so and meanwhile, you have Brett Beatty. In the minors, tearing it up, tearing it out, tearing it up, and like it's, Ronnie Mauricio too. Yeah, Mauricio, Mark, Vian- really well. Mark Vientos, like the young guys killing it. Yeah, it's almost and Eduardo Escobar is is ice cold at the plate. Ice cold, yes. not not the good ice cold takes. Like no, like Escobar, bad one bad. for like thirteen or something like that. Yeah, horrible. And then now Narvaez goes down and. You know, um, Alvarez is back is back up on the on the team, 
But now I mean, that could be good, man. They could yeah, see no. an emergence. Yeah, young guys take advantage of situations like this. I like Narvaez's like his bat. Mm-hmm. I don't. I have questions about his about his defense, like how he calls the game. Mm-hmm. I, I a, feel more comfortable mm-hmm. with Nito back there, like defensively, yeah. and you know, like pitch calling and and slay. And I, I'm sure all the pitchers are comfortable with with Nito because you know it's the same, basically same same roster there. Like right. Verlander and Quintana haven't pitched yet, and then Sanga, Sanga was unbelievable that one he was game. Awesome, he was awesome. What He's fun to that? watch, dude. Yeah, I was watching. I think I was watching the Rangers when that when that game was on or something. But mm-hmm. uh, yes, that was the the Lafreniere game, the one yes. where he went between the legs. That was they played great that game too. But so I mean, dirty. Um, Sanga had like a rough beginning, mm-hmm. right? Loaded the bases, allowed a run, and then he got himself out of the jam that ghost fork thing that's dude, an unbelievable pitch he struck out a guy so bad the dude's bat flew into left field that was the first guy he struck out too that was guriel yeah that was gross that was ridiculous yeah man that was awesome i love i love that i i think i think he's gonna be he's gonna have a really good year this year I I, dude i hope so it, the whole freaking team needs to wake hold on here let, let me let me do my frank the tank <laughs> The little mouthpiece, <laughs> throwing the mouthpiece before I turn around and start screaming. Dude, <coughs> I am going to go 0 and 162. <laughs> Next year, Ty Kelly's going to be leading off. Ty <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> in Epler. Like, all right. Like, all right. I'm, I'm not going to go all Frank the Tank on you. But um, I, I will say this about about the Mets. I, I One one point that um, Frank the Tank did bring up in his – um, in an or in an unintelligible is that the word unintelligible rant yeah. that he goes on? The Mets' offense for me was very suspect going into the year. Um, there was this shortstop free agent, uh, I forget his name because I blocked that uh scar from my memory that they could have had and played at third base as like an elite hitter. Um, his name, his first name is Carlos, I will not say his last Carlos name, Carlos Corey. Yeah, Carlos yeah. Corey. Yeah, yeah, that guy who could have been really cool and helped out the offense, but we wanted a guy that typically bats uh, below 220 over him and Eduardo Escobar. It's fine, you know, it's whatever. Um, I'm just playing. Listen, I understand why they did the whole career thing. It's fine. But um, the Mets' o- offense was definitely suspect going into this year. You had a lot of guys that you were banking on playing above where they usually are. I mean, you're, you're kind of you're banking Mark Cannon has a great year. You're banking on Escobar. You're banking on a lot of things, and it's just sometimes it doesn't work out. Now, granted. It's a pretty long season, like 160-something games. So I'm not going to get too hung up on the first, what are we, four, six? No, first six, right? First six in. I'm not, like, mm-hmm. too bummed out or, like, saying the season's over yet. Kind of crazy to say that. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's not a great feeling to see your offense dry up that fast in the beginning of the season, especially with the pitch clock rule where the entire league, except for the Mets is doing well offensively. Yeah. <laughs> new pitch clock disadvantage on the pitchers and the Mets was, just haven't been able to do anything with it. I was just going to say this. It seems like games are, are getting are more high scoring. I was going to ask you your thoughts on that. I, I came into it like thinking it was going to speed up games mm-hmm. like because in today's day and age, his attention span of people is yes. is so minute. It's like non-existent. Significantly lower. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it hasn't it hasn't really felt like it's sped up that much. Mm-mm. It still feels like opening day. It still felt the same amount of time. Like the game started yeah. at like one ten, and it mm-hmm. still ended at four. Right. It's, right. Exactly. I you agree. Know? 
No, the games on average are finishing. I I read the number the other day. It was about a half hour earlier, and I think it's in a I think it's in a good spot. I will say this though: if they're worried about um, team revenues and making money still, I wonder if they will go the route of making every game because they're finishing a half hour earlier. If they'll make the games on average start a half hour later, but open up the stadium earlier and offer more pregame fan experiences. Uh, so they don't lose as much money from concessions or miscellaneous stuff that you do during the game. For example, let's say the Mets have a seven o'clock game. Uh, the stadium would open at what six thirty. So I wonder if they would do seven thirty starts, and instead of opening the stadium at seven, and again, I'm just making up times. I'm not sure how it works. If they'll just open at six thirty, let fans funnel in pregame, do whatever they want to do. So you still have people in the building, but the games are shorter. So I don't know. I'm just kind of shooting shooting stuff out loud because yeah. I know some people are a bit upset, less time at the ballpark. If they will make it a comment, it's like, hey, we'll open up earlier, flood the team store, barbecue, just have like fun stuff for fans to do. And I think I think it'll all work out in the end because the old saying is you don't go to the ballpark to catch a game. It's a day at the ballpark, right? I mean, that's, that's at least what it was called when I was growing up, a day at the ballpark. So if you want to keep that day and keep the fans in the stadium for a long period of time, Make it so they can get in earlier. But I, I, I notice it a, a little bit faster, the games. It definitely doesn't feel that way because baseball still is a slow sport. Um, but yeah, it hasn't helped the Mets. So hell I got to sign up for that that college uh, $15 ticket thing. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> That's I love awesome. Soccer. I saw that like like a week before opening day. I'm like, this is awesome. This is great. Yeah. This is like for me, yeah. Yeah, dude, what a good hey, what a good guy. Like when you have that much money, I guess you can make decisions like that. Yeah, but, but, it's a great, but it's a great idea. I mean, it's like um, uh, man, I don't know the term for it, but you lose money on one thing to make more money elsewhere. By losing money on ticket sales, you're bringing younger audiences into games that yeah. they're gonna buy drinks, buy stuff, buy team merch, become bigger fans you know, uh, interact on social media and that's how you grow the game. And I wish more owners and more sports had that same eye that Steve Cohen has right now. He's, he's taking a loss today. Cause it's <laughs> NHL. Yeah. Yeah. NHL, please. Like he's taking a loss today for an investment tomorrow. Like, Hey, he's, there's a reason he's a multi-billionaire. It's not because he's an idiot with his money. It's not because he makes bad investments. He knows damn well what he's doing. and He's doing a good job of it. Talk about another stone cold killer, man. That guy is seriously. When he said that thing about Kumar Rocker, yeah, dude. I lost my mind. Yeah, it's like <laughs> this guy's an investment. I was like, oh, yeah. damn, it's one way to look at people, huh? <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's calculated, I was not dude. That. I was not expecting that. Yeah, hey, he's, he's but... calculated, dude. I mean, listen, if he's got he's got a really good way of, of looking at the business, it's definitely a little bit colder and not as much unhappy personality that we're used to but i mean hell if it's gonna grow the game and it's gonna in turn make the players more money and make the mm -hmm. games more enjoyable for fans so the fans get their return on investment i love it and i don't care if, listen if you have to be cold to grow the game freaking do it wish the nhl would do the same but you know the rangers would rather charge hundred dollars for nosebleed tickets and not grow the game so whatever yeah hundred dollars yeah more like 400 for playoff yeah. tickets with limited Yeesh. seating limited view it's like <sighs> yeah tickets <laughs> All all of like the cheapest tickets in four fifteen is like so limited limited view limited view limited view limited view all of them like I didn't even use the pre sale code what's like what's the point what's the point of having that thing yeah because this you is know? you this is you watching the game this is this is us watching the game and this is the bridge in the way 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think Kreider has the puck. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. Stupid bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, th to be fair, though, I know we call out the NHL, but to be fair, I think the reason they're astronomically high, number one, inflation in the United States, okay? Right, but like, right, I mean, right, right, right. I know it's impacting everybody. Uh, yes, yes. But the other thing is, like, you know, from my conversation with, like, that miner from last summer mm -hmm. is the owners have to – the players and the owners and or whatever have that deal where they have to pay off an escrow, escrow. to get yep. back to zero. Like they're basically yep. negative, like this much, like yeah. however much in mm. debt or whatever, they yep. have to pay all that back to get up to zero. So I think the owners are trying to help themselves out, help them yes. out by, you know, raising their ticket prices, getting, you know, the maximum amount of people to go to the game while generating the most money so that they could get up to zero quicker. You know, right. if once you get to zero, though, there should be no excuses. Like, you should try and do stuff like that yes. to grow the game. Like, Because you need to, dude. I hate to say it, but hockey – I mean, for the diehard hockey fans like you and I, hockey will never go away. But you got you to gotta find a way to connect with the younger audiences because I'm telling right. you right now, soccer in the United States, if it hasn't already, is going to take over yeah. hockey. It's going yeah. to. Yeah. Like, the NHL is not in a position – Right now, I wouldn't say to offer people $15 playoff tickets, you know? No, like, no definitely not. No, Or $15 no. tickets, even for the last couple of games of the regular season. I like, agree. Like, a competitive team like the Rangers is not in that position because mm -hmm. they would Hell be losing no. so much money. Yes. It took me a while to understand, too, like, how the blackouts work. They yeah. lose a lot of money, mm -hmm. like, off the advertising advertisements yeah. for the, those games. So, like, if you have an NHL Network game, and it's also broadcast on MSG. Um, but let's say you don't have MSG, right? Mm -hmm. And like me, like I don't have MSG. And if I try mm -hmm. to watch it on NHL Network, it's blacked out. Because right. they would lose, MSG would be losing the money that mm -hmm. would be going towards NHL Network if you watch that game. Those right. advertisements go towards NHL Network, not towards mm -hmm. MSG. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so complicated as hell. I understand. I understand why you know the blackouts are a thing. Although the other day, I, for some reason, I was able to watch the Islanders play the Lightning on ESPN well, Plus. Well, it's the Islanders. Come on. There's ESPN Plus responded to me. Hi, please enter your zip code into this into this panel, this box here. Okay, I typed my zip code in. Um, under these uh, blackout regulations, you should not be able to watch the Rangers, Devils, or Islanders. Okay, why am I able to watch the Islanders right now? <laughs> Dude, just make your zip code like what was my Long Island zip code? Just like just get a VPN and set your zip code to one one seven nine three. You'll be able to watch whatever the hell you want. Yeah, right, yeah, I should. <laughs> my 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 zip code is the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> that's my that's my uh, IP address. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Uh, this has been this has been fun. I think this might be the first time in Ice Cold Takes history. I'm I'm doing an episode like past twelve o'clock. Like we're recording this at like twelve oh, five. Shit, it's five Friday after. morning. <laughs> Which is awesome. This is um, what happens when you have fun. Yeah, no, for real. Like the time just just, just goes by. You're not even worried about it, man. All right, well, we're gonna wrap this one up. Thanks everybody for listening. Hey Rangers fans, thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.
No! 